When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Turns on Friday with the preseason opener. RK is back today, and Todd Davis is back from a Hall of Fame weekend on the DNVR Broncos podcast. And let's not waste any time. Todd, you were an inside man. I want to waste time for one second. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> you tell me to host, and then you do this. Zach, if you just had to think of a number between one and five right now, what would it be? It would be four. Yeah. Huh. Four is a nice number. That is a good number. Okay, anyways. And what's that for? If you know, you know. Oh, okay. Maybe a little <laughs> WrestleMania or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, Todd, we can't wait to, wait to hear about uh, Can. Yeah, it was a great weekend. Um, you know, it's always fun when you have teammates and you get back together and you guys are partying. Uh, everybody has their rings on. Um, we may or may not be having a couple of drinks, you know, <laughs> uh, feeling pretty good about everything. But it was just a, an honor to be there, honor to see my friend get inducted to the Hall of Fame. Um, and I was talking to Steve Atwater today, like just meeting other Hall of Fame players, you realize how humble everybody is and how, you know, all these guys have made it to the Hall of Fame, have done so much in their career, but they're all humble. They're all good guys. And we had an amazing time. Man, that is so cool. Okay, can you take us through your weekend? Because you got there Friday? Is that right? I, I ended up getting there Saturday. Um, so I got there Saturday morning. Um, and we go right from the plane uh, right to the stadium because, you know, we don't have much time because Hall of Famers are getting up ready to speak. Uh, I think D. Ware was the third Hall of Famer um, to speak. And so we got there. So a lot of my teammates saw everybody from Vaughn to Peyton to – Shaq Barrett to uh, Chris Harris. I think it was just like a Super Bowl 50 reunion <laughs> yeah. across the board. Um, and then right after that, you know, we go to Shula's. We have dinner. Um, we're having a good time, still keeping things rolling. Um, the finale of the night was his, of course, his party. You know, so every Hall of Famer has a party. Uh, the day they're inducted, he had his at a golf course, and it was beautiful. Um, had a lot of drinks, had a lot of fun, and uh, <laughs> just made a great night. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm sure there are things that you can't share. <laughs> but give us a couple stories, or at least one good story from uh, from that night. You know, I think um, being able to be with everybody and um, the guys that weren't there were missed the most. Um, so we sat down and we talked about, uh, you know, Demarius Thomas and, and Ronnie and the guys that meant so much to us. And I uh, just were able to sit back and remember like a lot of good times with us and those guys. I think really that meant the most to me. Um, it probably was the best time. Um, what we did outside of that, I can't tell you, but <laughs> that really meant a lot to me and being able to be there with Coach Wade and see all the guys that meant so much to me in my career, uh, all that coming together, uh, you know, it makes you emotional. You know, yeah. I didn't cry, but um, I really felt like it was a great time. Man, that that is too cool. And, and like you said, I mean, Demarius, Ronnie, Demarcus did a really cool thing in his speech by um, and and Hall of Fame ceremony by leaving a couple of seats open for those guys. We know he he sang the national anthem on Thursday night because it's what he and DT did uh, before every game. They would sing it together. So it, it's really cool that all of those guys, all of you guys were there, but then you you were able to remember the guys that weren't able to be there. Yeah, because we're a family. I mean, we spend more time in the locker room than we do with our family or see our kids. So uh, the guys that you really, you know, bond with really becomes your family, your brothers. Um, you may talk to them about stuff you're dealing with that you can't tell anybody else. So it really is a bond. And when one of those, bro you lose one of the, your brothers, uh, it really hurts because like I said, we really become a family. Was this the first Super Bowl, unofficial Super Bowl 50 Reunion because I know they'll have probably a 10, ten year, year yep. but did they do a five year? Or was this the first real one? Yeah, if they did a five year, I, I wasn't invited. <laughs> to well, to you Patrick were a captain on the field, you know? so I imagine you'd be invited. <laughs> no, but I think this was the first official one. Um, you know, there was a lot of guys that went back for uh Peyton's, but I wasn't able to make uh his Hall of Fame induction. Um, but for me, it was the first like official every, everybody getting back together again. Man, that's Peyton too was cool. there, yeah. Yeah, Peyton was there. What is Peyton like uh, on on these weekends? I think Peyton is um, he's everything that you see. I think he's you know um, the fun Peyton is no more like you know he's not yelling at people for not yeah, doing their yeah, job yeah. right anymore. <laughs> it's just all fun, all a good time, uh, cracking jokes. Um, I think he's the fun Peyton that the that the uh, the fans get to see he's like that 24 7 um when he's not like you know stressed about somebody not getting a check down right or not run the right route yeah. i feel like peyton i imagine him just like not being able to let go of like being the quarterback being the leader he's like you guys want to uh go smoke cigars like he's always like coming up with the next idea just like rallying the troops oh yeah he has that title whether he likes it or not i think <laughs> <laughs> whatever peyton's doing um we're not far behind so um i think he's going to be uh, a leader for us for I guess the rest of his life. Really. Man, that's too cool. Did you, see, did you see uh, Michael Porter Jr.'s guest? Yes, Michael Porter Jr. Get, pulling PFM Oof. onto the podcast. That is incredible. That is good job, MPJ. Yeah, seriously. I mean, we know a former teammate of Peyton's. Maybe he can pull some strings. <laughs> <laughs> you can put that pressure on him. I can see what I can make happen. You know, never say never. <laughs> there we go. I love it. Leave the Let's door go. open. Uh, and I mean, speaking of Peyton. Obviously, a Hall of Famer that, mm -hmm. that that was there. You played in the NFL. You probably don't get starstruck often, if it ever. But if you're ever gonna get starstruck, it's probably there at the Hall of Fame mm -hmm. with all the Hall of Famers there. Yep. Was there anyone that you saw that you're like, oh damn? You know, I really don't get uh, starstruck too often, um, except for right now. Except for <laughs> right Ryan now, you yeah, guys are pretty yeah. bright right now. You're lighting <laughs> up the stage. Um, but just, I think I think Steve Atwater is one of my favorite guys. Um, I know he's another Bronco, but I feel like I like him as a person um, and as a man. So um, 
just anytime I get to be around Steve and have a good conversation with him, he's one of the top five people that ever live. So I think he's just a great guy. It's it's funny you bring up Steve, um, and I don't want to gas you up too much, but demeanor-wise, you remind me a lot of Steve mm-hmm. Atwater. And I think Justin Simmons also falls into that category. Like, you guys all uh, remind me of each other the way that you carry them yourselves. Oh, well, thank you. I'll definitely uh, take that, and I appreciate <laughs> that. So, um, yeah, I think he's a great man. And uh, even talking with him today, like, there's so much you can learn from him, and he's such a good, humble, nice guy. Um and finally, he got inducted to the Hall of Fame as well. Yes. I feel like that was um, where they waited a little bit too long to get him in there, but um, enough's enough. He's in there, so I'm happy for him. You fit right into the pod because I think when anyone asks us for the past six years, mm-hmm. um, who's your favorite Bronco of all time? Steve Atwater's in the conversation, not just because of how good of a football player he was, but just how good of a guy he is. Um, and you can't relate to this, but non-former players – he still treats like gold. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, oh, yeah. so it's not just, you know, his brothers, the guys that he played uh, on the field with, um, people that have been Broncos. It, he treats everyone like that. And that is just so cool. That's, I mean, just another reason to love Steve Atwater and be so happy that he's now in the hall. Yeah, yeah, I always say when we talk about him, they say don't meet your heroes. I always say, unless your hero is Steve Atwater, then definitely <laughs> sure. meet him. Or For Todd sure. Davis. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> or Justin Simmons. I think that's a real statement, though, because I think there are so many people – that you may admire from afar, but if you meet him in person, you're like, I really don't like that guy. Or <laughs> he's totally different than I thought he yeah. was going to be. Yeah. But thank God that's not how Steve is. No, not not at all. And in fact, I mean, you couldn't get enough of Steve this weekend because we go out to practice today, and maybe the third person you see is Steve, mm-hmm. and then they just chop it up for like 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I forgot I was uh, supposed to be there watching practice <laughs> and, <laughs> and got caught up in some good conversation. And how much did you miss at practice? Probably By talking to Steve? Probably nothing. You missed nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. In fact, I felt so bad, one, that you were out there today because mm-hmm. we can't talk about what happened at practice, but then also not giving you the tip that you don't have to show up until like 10, 50, uh-huh. 11 if you really want to actually see football. Yeah. He at would first, know. But that's that's very true. Yeah. I, yeah, I forgot. But the guys look good. They look See, flexible. They look. They were stretching no, they were well. The lines were very organized. You know, that looks solid. That's the way Sean Payton runs things. Yeah. Crisp. Yeah, man. Let me ask you guys this: uh, having been there, Todd, you now being there for a practice, Zach. What's the biggest difference for you, uh, Zach, compared to last year when it comes to just the running of practices? Well, for me, it's just the way Sean Payton commands things. In the past, and this is going back to probably Gary Kubiak, you never really know who's running practices, like where people are. Like, In fact, Nathaniel Hackett um, and Vic Fangio, they both admitted like, yeah, we don't really know where to be in practice. It's a little weird. When you're a position coach, you're with your position. When mm-hmm. you're a coordinator, you're with that side of the ball. If you're a court, if you're on the offensive side, you're with the quarterback. If you're on the defensive side. You're probably bumping around a little bit. But both fans, Joe, or I'm sorry, Vic Fangio and Nathaniel Hackett both said we don't really know where to be. And it's like <laughs> ah, kind of funny in the moment. And yeah. then it's like maybe a maybe little concerning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe you should know exactly where you're gonna be. And there's no question about that with Sean Payton. And you can see it even being 50 yards away on the berm and he has everyone's attention he's right in the middle of everything and of course on the offensive side it's easier for him to be in the middle of everything but to me it is just very very clear cut yeah i think so as well um and going back to your point about vic fangio and the thing hackett i think it translated into game day game day felt chaotic it didn't feel like it was a well-oiled machine by any means (sighs) 
Um, I remember that Vic uh, Fangio even <coughs> wanted to be in the box. Like, he's the head coach and asked him yeah. to be in the box. Like, I think it, they just maybe weren't the best to be the first-time head coaches here. Yeah. Um, and I think it translated with, by how the team was run. But Sean Payton, he's a veteran head coach. He knows what he's doing. I mean, he has complete control over, over the team. And I think that's something that is this Denver Broncos specifically really needed. Just because you brought it up, and I've always been curious about this, I personally thought it might have worked to put Vic Fangio in the box. Because it's not like he's one of those guys on the sidelines, like, riling everyone up. Uh-huh. He had spent so. his whole career in the box calling defense. I was like, maybe it's not the worst idea. Like, appoint Mike Munchak as, like, the on-field coach and let Vic Fangio go do what he does best up in the booth. But it's just the optics of it. That's yeah, what I think was true. the problem. Yeah. I think, like, you know, your head coach has to be down on the field. He has to be <laughs> down there, whether throwing the challenge flag or just for the team, for people to see him on the sidelines. Like, it's important. Um, yeah, because I don't know I don't know who you feed <laughs> off of or who you look at okay. uh, in game time decisions if your head coach is not there. That's like, fair. imagine if um, Sean or uh, Koob or anybody else was up in the box the whole right. time. It would just look weird. Right. It would, it's like fourth weird. and one. Uh, on like the 49 yep. and everyone looks over to the sideline and then we gotta look at the box right? <laughs> he holds up a sign go <laughs> uh, what do you think since we're talking about this do you think a head coach can call the plays as well whether that's on offense or defense because Nathaniel Hackett did it for a little bit until things went really sideways and he gave that up. Vic Fangio did it for the defense. Um, Vance, was Vance calling the plays? Was it like a hybrid with him and Joe Woods? Yeah, I say it was a hybrid yeah. between the two. They really worked together on game plan, and I think that they would both call plays during the game. And you, you can find some coaches that are very successful doing it the CEO route where mm -hmm. they're not calling plays for anything. They just let their coordinators do it. You can also find guys, Sean McVay, very successful, calls the Rams plays. Is there one that's better for a coach and you, or for, for, for the players, I should say. Personally, I would do, uh, I w if I was the head coach, I wouldn't call any plays. I would hire the right people, put them in the right positions and let them do their job. I think as a head coach, it's important to one, know your coaches, know your players, know how they work, know how they think so that you can orchestrate the best team possible. And um, you have to be a people person. You have to be able to be in the media. You have to be able to bring guys together. But I don't necessarily think you have to be great with the X's and O's as long as you hire the guys that are. So if I was a head coach, I would primarily let somebody else call the plays unless something's going downhill. If we had like a last year situation, <laughs> yeah. then I'm like, give me that play, but yeah, I'm yeah. calling plays yeah. now. That's what I was going to say is I, I think if I were in that position, I would have a really hard time if I thought something should have been called. Let's say it's fourth and one, 49, fourth quarter, and I'm an offensive head coach. I would have such a hard time if they called like dive and it got stuffed. And I was like, in my, I thought we should have gone play action. You know, like, mm -hmm. I think it would be really hard to give that up and not be like, okay, well, this is a really important play. Let me call this one. At the end of the day, uh, the NFL, whether you're a player, a GM, a coach, it's all about self-preservation mm -hmm. and keeping your yeah. job for as long as you can. And we always say once uh, a head coach gives up play calling duties, it means things are going way wrong. Yeah. It, that's kind of the first sign of like, Yep, this guy's probably going to be fired, whether it's in a couple of weeks, yeah. whether it's at the end of the season. What if they did the opposite, though? Couldn't, if you start without play calling duties mm -hmm. and things are going really wrong, if you take that back, can't that buy you a little bit of time? And maybe instead of it being like, yeah. uh, well, this is my first step to getting fired, maybe like, oh, this is my first step to maybe saving my job? It's not a bad, that's not a bad way of looking at it. Yeah, I think that's, 
that's actually smart because you know while things are going downhill and you got the answer to the owner and the president you're like hey man I, I'm giving this guy <laughs> yeah. a chance making yeah. calls. It's not me, but yeah. I'm gonna take it back and you know maybe I can make something happen for it. So I think that would buy you a little bit yeah, more time. Yeah, yeah. Some, yeah. Sometimes though, like if you don't have the guys, the plays that you call just don't matter. Uh, yeah, it's very true. <laughs> it's very true. I have one more question on this. You've played for an offensive head coach. You played for a defensive head coach. You've multiple. When you are on the other side, so like the Broncos defense would be now from Sean Payton. Is it, can it kind of annoying of like you can feel maybe some bias towards the offensive side of the ball? Um, yes, I think so. It is annoying, especially uh, if we're out playing them and we're not getting the same love. Yeah, like you can tell when a quarter when a when a uh, coach, or especially a head coach, is you know offensive minded. Even when the defense is playing well, it's kind of like. Yeah, thanks, guys. We appreciate it. But I really got to focus <laughs> yeah. on my guys to get them right. So when you're not getting the love you want, then it's, then it's like, come on, man. Like, we're holding <clears throat> the team down. We're putting the team on our back. We just want a little bit of love. And I remember this on the other side of it. But this was Vic Fangio. And he was like, all right, like, it was like the last four plays of practice or whatever. That's exactly what I was going to say. And the second one was like a pick six. Yeah. He just blew the whistle. He's like, that's it. That's <laughs> it's over. If I was on offense, I'd be like, no way. I need those <laughs> yep, two yep, plays. Yep, yep. In fact, today's practice ended in a way that actually had some media members talking about this exact same thing. It ended with, since, since fans weren't out there, we can't say too much about practice, but it ended with footballs hitting players' cars. <laughs> Probably not the best thing for the offense if footballs are hitting players' cars in the parking lot. And uh, media members were like, Sean's really going to end on that note? And it was like, oh, I guess he's more about the team than necessarily mm. the offense. Because on one hand, it's like, probably not the best look for the offense. Mm -hmm. Good look for the defense, though. Absolutely. It's a great look for the defense. And I think he knows there's not many cars in sight on game day. So <laughs> <That's> <laughs> he's just, I think he's hoping for the best right now. Um, Todd, did any... Uh, players cars when you played in the nfl specifically with the broncos since the parking lot for players is right next to the fields any players cars get damaged that you remember i think there were a few um but it wasn't by any quarterbacks it was brandon <laughs> yeah. McNair yeah. yeah. kicking yeah. some field goals at the end of <laughs> practice but i can't say i've seen a quarterback uh any of the quarterbacks we've had kind of you know damage a player's car with a throw <laughs> that would be really bad because they do put up really tall nets uh -huh. now the way that these balls got through was like five yards from the ground until the net starts so uh -huh. low balls can get through yeah um but yeah if quarterbacks are throwing it like over 30 yards above the end zone that'd be an issue that would be that'd yeah be a problem yeah it really would be something that's not an issue is our friends over at volo sports now is the time to register for the fall leagues I mean, football's back, baby. And they've got locations and leagues in Lodo, Rhino, Uptown, City Park, Highland, Sloan's Lake, Cherry Creek, DU. I can keep going on and on because pretty much anywhere in the Denver metro area, they've got you covered. And if you use the code DNVR10 over at volosports.com slash Denver, you're going to get $10 off. So make sure to check out all of their fall leagues. I could go through a list of so many sports. Todd, for flag football, what position are you playing? You know... I'm 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 wide receiver. Ooh. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be a tough Jerry cover for out there, you know, <laughs> making plays happen. I think, you know, deep down in me, deep down in every defensive player, you wanna be an <laughs> offensive player. You wanna <laughs> score touchdowns, you wanna make plays. Um, so I definitely would be a wide receiver. Probably mm, no one yeah. getting up on the line to try and uh to press you. No, 
don't press me. You might <laughs> play off man at best. But <laughs> yeah, that would be tough. But something's not tough. Get ten dollars off DNVR ten over at VoloSports.com/slash Denver. One and one in the pickleball league right now. Okay, um, I thought you were great at pickleball. I never said that. I thought you had a legendary team. Henry's in the comment section. Henry, you need to help me here. Ryan was <coughs> pumping himself up big time in pickleball. I'm pretty new to the game. I've only uh, like the two games that we played were the second and third time I've ever played pickleball. What? Oh, you're a good ping pong player. I am solid at ping pong. That's what I'm using Henry, to. I need your help that should here. translate pretty yes. well to pickleball. Yes. So yeah. it translates well. <laughs> okay. Eric, though. Yes. Who joined me for the game that we won? It's like a he competed for state championships in tennis. Yeah, and he's he's our ace. Mm. So uh, he also just bought his own paddle. High expectations for Wednesday. Mm, <laughs> putting the pressure on. Putting the pressure on. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell us about your second home? My second home, Breckenridge Brewery. No, my second home. You're gonna. You called this your second home last week. Circa. Boom. Uh, circa. <laughs> that place is sick. It's also Yarmer Yager's second home. I learned because both times I was there. He was there. Um, this place is the best, man. It's cool because so when you go to Vegas, you're you're used to the strip experience. Mm -hmm. um, but if you ever make your way over to Old Town or Downtown Vegas on the other side, um, it's kind of like a different vibe. I would you know compare it to like the dive bar scene mm -hmm. of uh, uh, Vegas. That being said, Circa is like an oasis. It's basically like a strip level hotel on that side of Vegas. So, you know, the tables are a little cheaper. Um, you can find a meal probably for like under 200 bucks. <laughs> um, so you have this cool kind of oasis at Circa. Speaking of oasis, Stadium Swim, the yeah. ultimate Oof. oasis. Get, hop in the pool, play some bets, and watch, I don't know, the like a, a Jumbotron yeah. level TV. Uh, we watched the UFC fight when we were there and it was so cool because it was nighttime, like the sun had just gone down. And we're all out there. We've got like big bets on these UFC guys. And, you know, everyone around the pool has their bets on their guys. So there's like big cheers for everything that happens. It's just a great place. So did they hit? If you're going to Vegas, we hit a big one Ooh. and the, the celebrations were <laughs> epic. So if you're going to Vegas, check out Circa. Honestly, uh, it's amazing. They've got a ton of great restaurants. I said the other day, you could just spend your whole time in there if you want to stay out of the heat uh, and use the code DNVR20 for 20% off your stay. All right. That's legit. We're going to talk about it. Let's pull up the how back is Russ oh, after practice executive today. Executive decision. I think we can. I think we're good with this. So, yeah, here, pull it up. Let's see how Russ was today. Remember, we're coming off back-to-back -back days of a three for Russ, mm -hmm. which is better than it's been, yep. and a five. So let's see if he carried that momentum into today. Uh, here, try not to blow out the listeners' ears right now. Oh my gosh, just buying. But you called time. an audible. You called an audible. He asked me before the show what was it, and I told him I thought he was ready to go. No, but you said we weren't going to use it. Oh my goodness, <laughs> my goodness. That's like saying, should we have this play ready for the game? And the coach I mean, is like, yeah, we should have it ready. And then the play comes in, and the player's like, what are nope. we doing? That's like the coach saying, no, you shouldn't have it ready, I and then calling have it in the it game. Ready. Um. Anyways, we, we don't even have to play it today, Russ was unlimited <laughs> he was mr unlimited today which is a four out of five so he's stacking days which is about the best thing that we could hear out of broncos camp now they were in shoulder pads not uh -huh. full pads so wasn't a full practice they didn't do too much 
But Russ, once again, looks sharp. They did some red zone. He looked sharp in the red zone uh, area, including a touchdown pass to Jerry Judy, where he really thread the needle in the middle of the defense. So it's encouraging to see that now he's starting to win a little bit in the pocket mm -hmm. along with outside the pocket. Yeah, I think he's, uh, like you said, stacking days. That's all you want from your players to your teammates. Um, just get better every day, and I think you're starting to see it. Um, like we mentioned early on the podcast last week, Sean Payton was putting him in some tough situations. He wanted to see how he would respond. Um, and I think now he's starting to craft the Russell Wilson that we're going to see, you know, week one. So um, he's getting better with time. And then hopefully this just continues to carry over so he can be out there playing his best football. Because believe me, I think as the team, as Russell goes, the team goes. So they need him to produce. This is huge. Um, and I don't want to overdo it just in the same way i don't want to overdo it when he was playing poorly in practice but it could have gotten ugly there yeah if he went one two one over the last three days like now we're halfway through over halfway through camp he hasn't mm -hmm. had a good day yet that's scary instead three good days in a row makes me feel exponentially better mm -hmm. uh, about where this team's going it's funny though because narratives are written early yeah no matter what um if you're a quarterback and you throw 10 interceptions to uh, 10 touchdowns to zero interceptions to start the season you're in the mvp race and you're just going to be mentioned in that you know uh, over and over and over again the opposite is true as well and i think that applies to this training camp i think there's a lot of people who are you know i don't want to call them casual broncos fans but not someone who tunes in every single day to know what's going on with the team shout out to those people listening right now yes um who heard this Heard Russ was bad in the first three practices, and are just like, oh, we're cooked. Season's over. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's he's going to have to really kind of continue to do this for the narrative about who Russell Wilson is in this training camp to change. And also, only 3,000 fans are allowed to practice a day. So, you know, when the most people are going to be watching, it's going to be this Friday night at 8 p.m. Mm. There's going to be so many more people watching. And if Russ comes out and looks good, then especially stacking days now, then having a good series or two, people will feel a lot more comfortable with him. And then, as Todd said, they're just going to say that that first week, and I'll be saying that we can write that off mm -hmm. because that truly was Sean kind of pushing some levers, seeing what Russ can do. Now they're kind of dialing into a system. If Russ goes out there and looks bad, then people are going to say, well, he had three good days out of 11, mm -hmm. so eight bad days and only three good days and now a bad game. So, I mean, this preseason game is going to be big, and we will see Russell Wilson play in the preseason. Sean Payton today said the starters are going to play between 15 and 18 plays in the preseason game this Friday, and he doesn't want it to be a quarter. He doesn't want to set a limit on that. He wants it to be by play. Mm -hmm. So... It's the Broncos offense that we're used to seeing. That could be five series for the offense. Six series if we're talking three and out. Let's hope it's one. What if it's one? A 15-play <laughs> touchdown drive would be absolutely incredible. And, Todd, perspective we haven't truthfully got from players in the past is, and, and I want to get it from you, how important is preseason for starters? I think it's really important, um, mm. especially the way that um, it, it was set up, um, being able to play that whole half of a game in the third preseason game, it really was able to tell you, okay, what do we have on defense? How is our conditioning? Um, are we ready to play, um, you know, a full game or do we need to do more to, mm -hmm. to ramp up in practice? So 
especially with this this team, I think this year is important for them to play in the preseason because of all the turmoil that went on last year and all the building they're doing um, every day in training camp. They have to see it against uh, another defense and see how it really shakes out because – like I said, you know, this preseason game will tell you a lot. So if you're coming to watch, I think everybody should tune in. You have to be able to be there. Get your notepad and your pencil down so you can take notes. Because um, this is a big one. You got to see how the team is shaking out. I feel crazy for feeling this way, but there's a lot of pressure on Sean Payton, in my opinion, for playing Russell Wilson mm. to get the right plays in there, to make sure he builds him up rather than having him go the other way around. Mm -hmm. And now that we have a former professional uh, athlete on set, it's going to sound even sillier when I compare myself to uh, professional athletes. <laughs> but I just think of like my golf game. If I had a bad round last time, I'm like, I got to get to the range before I go out again. Yep. If I go out to the range and I'm bad again on the range. <laughs> oh, it's over. Right before I get to the tee box, I'm feeling terrible about yeah. how this round is going to go. That's Russ right now, right? He had a bad season. He's going to the range before this season in these preseason games. He needs to come out of that range session feeling like, okay, I fixed whatever was wrong last season. And I know it's not that simple, but I just I think that it's on Sean Payton to go out there and call him 10 to 15. You know, he's not going to throw the ball 15 times. So if he calls 15 plays, let's just call it eight passes. Eight passes that he knows Russ is really confident in this yeah. concept against this coverage. And just get him some good ones, you know, just some good reps, whether it's a 10-yard comeback, 12 yards, whatever, and just like, boom, he hits it. It's perfectly on time with Cortland. You know, give him a chance at a deep ball to Jerry Judy down the right sideline. Like, whatever it is, you, there's pressure on him to make sure that Russ doesn't go one for six with a pick coming out of this game. <laughs> oh, boy. Please no. Yeah. And because it could be um, – that, that wouldn't necessarily mean what's to come. But, Todd, I think it's a great point about this kind of setting the stage for what's to come – because when you said that, it reminded me of preseason last year. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do you remember the Buffalo Bills fiasco? The Broncos were down 42 to 9. <laughs> the Broncos hadn't kept the Bills out of the end zone on a single wow. drive I until the fourth <laughs> quarter. It was awful. In fact, the next day, Nathaniel Hackett came, up, came back and apologized to Broncos fans for how bad a preseason game was. Mm -hmm. And being wanting to be optimistic, we said, because no well, the backups were in. Uh -huh. Josh Allen was playing a couple of drives against the Broncos backups. That's not fair. And while that still holds true, that wasn't really fair, it was very much a sign of what was to come with this Broncos team, not just how bad they were on the field, but there had to be so much dysfunction for something that wrong to happen in preseason, and then it just carried right over into the regular season. I have to, I'm pretty damn positive that Sean Payton's not going to let a 45 to, or 42 to 15 game happen in the preseason. No, I, I don't think so. And, and to go to that point, um, other guys may be in, but the standard can't fall off. So no. I think when you set a standard for a team, whether it's ones, twos, or threes, guys know how to execute and guys, knows how to, guys know how to make plays. 42 to 7, I think from top to bottom, <laughs> it's just completely bad. Um, guys aren't holding that high standard that has been set for them. And I really don't think a high standard was really set for the team. Mm. And I don't think the team was on the same page to really execute at a high level. You also just can't get embarrassed. Mm -hmm. Like, ever. Yeah. You just have to avoid getting embarrassed because... Uh, no matter how much you want to just write it off, oh, it's just preseason. Like it does not feel good for anyone on the team, even the starters sitting on the sidelines, to see the guys out there getting worked. Yep. 
Yeah, it was really bad. One person that the Broncos probably won't have for this Friday night's game, which doesn't matter for the game itself, is Justin Simmons. Sean Payton, who let me remind you, doesn't talk about injuries. Talked about Justin Simmons' injury today. Said he tweaked his groin a couple of days ago. He missed Saturday's practice. He missed today's practice. Coincidence that those are the two best practices that Russell Wilson, or two of the best mm. practices Russell Wilson has had? Especially since Maybe Justin not. was eating his lunch. In oh, the first half of camp. Justin. I mean, last week he had three straight days with an interception. Yep. And then shortly after, tweaked his groin, so he's not out there for two straight days. How concerning is this, Todd? I think it's uh, – you, you don't have to be too concerned, to be honest. Mm. I think it's a growing – I think that it takes time to heal. And, uh, you know, we don't need Justin Simmons right now as much as we would like to have him out there. It's more important that he comes back healthy. Uh, but I think guys come back from growings all the time. Um, I think he'll be healthy. Um, he has a wife to make sure everything is, <laughs> yeah. everything is fine down there. His growing is good. So he'll be he'll bounce back. <laughs> he'll bounce back. And I think he'll have a great, great season, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh. that was good that was good um, i just loved it who was it was it vance or was it vic who would say a player has a little groin uh, he's just got a little groin <laughs> um that maybe was said about you um yeah the, the best part about this is that justin doesn't need to practice mm -hmm. like this is justin simmons we're talking about he's an all pro um, he's been at this game for a while. He uh, he's going to learn the defense as fast, if not faster, than anyone else out there. He knows what's up. Um, it's not too much of a worry as long as he's back. You know, with plenty of time to ramp up for mm -hmm. Week One. And uh, speaking of learning the defense, Vance Joseph did a really cool thing um, for the Broncos defense. Not much is changing schematically, mm -hmm. even though it's a new defensive coordinator uh, in here. It's pretty much the same scheme, but. When that happens, when there's a change, there's going to be a lot of change of terminology. Mm -hmm. But instead of Vance coming in and saying, you guys are all going to learn my terminology, he said, there's only a couple of us that know this terminology, so I'm going to learn your terminology. So mm. on the defensive side, I mean, it's as quick of a learning curve as you can have for a new coach, a new, a new scheme kind of in place. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I was talking with Josie Jewel today, and he just is excited that it's not a lot of, you know, turnover. He feels like there's a lot of similarities. And like you said, the verbiage is pretty similar. So I think the guys are excited because, you know, guys can do it, but you never want to have to learn a new system every single year and constantly be changed and constantly have turnover. Um, it's like having a new host every week. You got to learn, yep. you know, who you're dealing with, how they react to different situations. So I think the guys are much more comfortable now. And I think they'll, it'll... Uh, play out in the season to be great for them or Todd it's like having to sit in a new spot every single show and learn your angles and everything yeah, Ryan's messing I, with you I feel weird on this right side but you know we're gonna make it work we can make it happen you know how you said Sean Payton was you know just throwing some things at Rusty mm, what yeah, he can handle yeah, yeah. that's what I was doing this is his first week so you want to see what he can do yeah. the limits you can push I want to see if he's as good as he was you know mm, from this chair uh -huh. and that chair yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, wait wait while we're here what's the uh what would be your diagnosis? What do you think so far? You think oh. I'm good on the right side or on the left, or I can only go one? Hey, I, I see you as a guy who can play all over the field. All, right, wow. all over yeah. the set. I like that. <laughs> he's good in pass and run? He, he's a sideline wow. to sideline host. That's Damn. what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I do want to give a shout-out to, uh, I guess you here, or maybe this camera specifically, because look at this shot. I look 
like Todd Davis's size, which is just incredible <laughs> I, camera work. You gotta get so those glasses fixed. So thank you so much. Okay, not so much on this one. The other one's a lot more favorable for me. So thank you so much, you hear. Just look at the percentage of the couch that's being taken up by your shoulders versus his. Yeah, we don't really need to. We, we don't need to get too much in the weeds. It's just you know a quick glance and uh, you move on. Just like we're moving on, I gotta tell you about our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery Mountain Beach Sour. What a great beer to have in August because it is sour, but it's not too sour. It's drinkable. It's light. It's refreshing. And you know we've got it at the DNVR bar. And if you're able to make it here, especially for Friday, we've got Friday Night Live yep. coming up this weekend. And this is the Broncos time. We're going to be doing a pregame show around 6 at the DNVR bar. Then we're going to hang out. Meet you guys. So if you come down for the game, game starts at 8. We'll be watching the game. Uh, we'd love to meet you guys. So come down here. It's Friday night, too. So preseason, so you can have a couple of drinks and enjoy the game. So come to the DNVR bar. If you're not able to make it to the DNVR bar, but you still want some Breckenridge beers, go to breckbrew.com and click on their beer lo locator, where you can not only find where their beer is, but you can find where specific beers are. Also... Ooh, Shout out Shady Rays. Nice. Uh, been uh, driving back and forth from Denver to Boulder last couple days, uh, going up to Buffs Camp, and uh, got to have the Shady Rays ready because in the morning it gets real bright out there. Um, but, man, these things are great. I love all the different styles. I think this one's my favorite. Um, but I also have these same ones in, like, the tortoise show. Yeah. Mm. Those That's are sweet, your too. Style. Yep. Um, it's uh, These are great, man. And if you use the code DNVR, you can get two for the price of one, which is amazing. And what's crazy about that is they will also just replace them. If you break them, lose them, they get stolen. Chaterades will just hook you right back up. So uh, like I said the other day, like they're looking for lifetime customers, which is my kind of business. So hit up our friends at Shady Rays. Use that code DNVR. Someone in the comment section again asked if Henry has been fired. No, he has not been fired. We're just mm. going to have some rotating things on the set. But wouldn't it be something if Henry was fired and he's still in the comment section? Just chiming into the show like he is right now. It would be. Uh, <laughs> it would be a real testament to our culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would yeah, be. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, we've never fired anyone from this show. No. So the fact that every time someone uh, is... There we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the fact that every time someone is not here, people just assume they got fired, that doesn't add up with the history. Yeah, mm. no, it really doesn't. Um, but it was... The, I mean, yeah, I'm glad that, that you touched wood, Todd, because... We, do you know what touching wood is? Knocking wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah he just we, did it. What, but we say touch wood yeah. because uh, we had got, uh, listeners from the UK who said that's how they said it there, so we just adopted it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but I'm happy you did that because Russell Wilson, the past two practices before today, hadn't missed a throw in seven-on-seven. Seven. Mm. And I said that right before seven-on-seven seven started today. And you know what happened? You jinxed him. A yeah. Incomplete pass to start. Yeah, yeah. You know um, how I feel about jinxing. Yeah, you hate it. I thought hate it was it. kind of funny, um, <laughs> especially since it was just a seven-on-seven seven, uh, from Russ. But I hope you learned from your mistake that you made in training camp. Oh, it's true. You got to learn. You yep. got to learn in camp. It's still yep. early in camp. Good time to learn. Um, okay, let's, since we can't dive too much more into practice, let's talk. Well, actually, I want to talk about one more thing that Sean said to get your opinion on this, Todd. In, or in the preseason, typically, I think, Every, every preseason I've seen the Broncos have, when the starters are pulled, 
they go in the locker room, take their pads off, mm-hmm. put a ball cap on, hang out on the sideline, chew and gum. Propose s- to their girlfriends. Propose yeah. to their girlfriends. <laughs> um, did you know that happened? But were you like aware of that yep. in the game when it happened? No, not yeah. at all. You found out after? Afterwards, <laughs> <Yeah>. for sure. <laughs> um, I actually think Menelik Watson might be cut if he did that with Sean Payton. Um, because he... All, and then also... Rod Mackey's down on the sideline. Oh, yeah. I guess he wouldn't be anymore since he's no longer with Nine News. But Nine News, um, Cliss is down there. Yep, he'd be mm-hmm. down there doing mid-game interviews with the starters after they've been pulled. Mm-hmm. None of that this year. No BS happening on the sidelines during preseason. He said guys are going to stay in shoulder pads. Mm. Guys aren't going to be wearing ball caps. Guys aren't going to be doing interviews. Guys are going to be dialed into the game, even if they've been pulled out. And these are just... You know, small things. That probably doesn't impact whether you guys win week one or week three or something, but it's these small little details. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with it? I think I think it's good. It doesn't bother me. Um, I think it helps guys know this is, you know, a business trip. We're coming here to take care of business. And then when we're done with our business, you guys can do whatever you want. Um, I think guys will still have, like, some seeds or something. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> something the past time. Um, it got pretty bad for us at one point. I think guys were juggling on the sideline. Like, <laughs> getting our juggling, juggling skills helmets. down. Yeah. Um, no, but I think it's good for the team. It keeps them locked in um, and just keeps them focused on the game plan. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because Vic Fangio talked so much about death by inches. Yeah. And I never really saw where that came into play. I feel like Sean Payton is actually practicing death by inches. Uh-huh. Every little thing, you know, when you are preparing to play in a game, you want to make it as game-like as possible, right? Yep. In the game, there's no reporter standing down there. The guys aren't, you know, juggling or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I've heard even worse stories of things that were happening <laughs> on the sidelines <laughs> before a freezer during a preseason game. So it's, uh, to me, it's like, if, as a player, I would probably think it's a bit much. But from this perspective, especially with a team that's struggled for so long, yeah. it's like there's, you can't take shortcuts or cut corners anywhere because you just need everything to be dialed in. And you're right. It's not going to change the scoreboard on week one. But when you just stack up these little things, it's literally that death by inches philosophy. It's like you just can't. Sean Payton is not going to let anyone slip anywhere if he yeah. has it his way. Well, and that's exactly right. It's It's not like these are going to impact the game, but it's just him resetting the culture Mm -hmm. completely and doing the exact opposite, as he said, of what the past coaching staff did. And it wasn't Nathaniel Hackett that came in here and said, I'm going to let the guys do whatever they want once they're pulled out of the game. That's mm-hmm. that's been in the Bron- that those little things have been in the Broncos culture for many years now, and I'm sure you can look at the Kansas City Chiefs or some other team that wins consistently and has these small things that the that the players yep. are doing and Mahomes isn't as checked in in the fourth quarter of the the third preseason game mm-hmm. uh, as you would necessarily want, but it's these small things that Sean Payton's doing to change the culture and I think it's also going to be a really good test for some of these players. Probably not really starters. He's not, not going to cut a starter because they took their helmet off. Mm-hmm. But these back-of-the-roster guys, he's going to be evaluating them in every single way. Yep. And yeah. this is kind of one of those ways. Yeah, and I think he's making the right changes. You know, this isn't a huge change, but it's something to get guys more dialed in and focused. Uh, with Vic Fangio, he made changes, but it was like no music in the locker room. Like, now all the guys are mad. We can't get the right energy going before the game. Or, like, oh, there's no captains. Tough. We're all captains. What are you talking about? Yeah, like, yeah. there's no direction on the team once you, you know, don't designate guys like 
when guys come on, you're going to have a lot of young guys that you have to say, like, hey, these are the guys you follow. These are yeah, the guys you look right. to day to day. Watch how he works so you can work that way. Like, he was just making changes, but I don't feel like they were necessarily the right changes to make. Um, and it kind of took guys out of the element and didn't didn't allow us to really get our, you know, I guess, groove to go out there and play. Man, I guess I understand if a coach is really against music at practice for whatever reason, but no music before a game? Yep. Is that for real? That yeah, wild. and we have been doing that for years, and you know, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of like a a, a, rare, a weird situation because you had guys that had won the Super Bowl, and we did it a certain way. Yeah. So everybody, we're hyped before the games. We're playing music. We're playing Future. We're playing yeah. all these different artists, and that's what really got us going. So now, what is it like two or three years later? You say no music in the locker room. Now it's just dead silent. You know, you have your headphones on, but it's not the same energy. Yeah. You don't create the same vibe. You don't have that same you know like juice to go out there and yeah. play. So. A lot of guys were mad about it. I didn't like it myself, but that's just one of the changes I felt like maybe shouldn't have happened. I mean, that's like something you do with <sighs> tennis, really... where, where it's like a one-person game, so you just have the headphones on yeah. yourself. Uh -huh. With a team game, don't you want to be hyped with your guys? That's crazy to me. And, and what really bothers me about it is I understand a coach wanting to do things his own way. Um, and a lot of these things matter, right? <clears throat> like you said. If you don't want to have music at practice, you can make the case that, okay, well, I need my players to be able to hear every single thing the coaches are saying, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But when the, the players specifically are saying like, hey, we don't like this before the game, yep. it's not getting us juiced enough. And then there were games in that era where the team came out flat. flat. Yep. It's like, you got to look internally and be like, okay, well, what can I help here? And I don't know if he did, but like, I would go to a Todd Davis and say, hey, like, why are we coming out flat? Right. And maybe he hears, hey, we loved having music before the game. That really got us juiced. That gets the blood flowing for yep. us. And that's yeah, tough. it wasn't. I don't, there really wasn't, a, um, you know, back and forth with the leaders about different things. It kind of was, you know, his way or the highway, even the areas like, you know, playing music in the locker room or having captains or, or certain things that we liked that we knew got, you know, us going. Um, I think that's why, really, if you look around the league, the best coaches that have success are players' coaches. There's a lot of players or guys that are known as player coaches, whether you're Pete Carroll, Gary Kubiak. Um, there's a lot of guys who are known to listen to their players, to have good relationships with their players. And I think that's when you succeed, or those are the guys who are constantly having great seasons because your players are that ones out there performing. So we need them to feel good. We need them to play well. And we, we have to know how to get those guys into that mindset. Yeah, I mean, Andy Reid, oh, Kyle is. Shanahan. Yep. You go down... Everyone wants to copy the Bill Belichick model, right? Uh -huh. Because he's probably the best of all time. But there's very few Bill Belichicks out there. It's like, you know, trying to copy the LeBron model of a basketball <laughs> player. Like, there's only one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, 100%. Um, speaking of only one, there's only one Josh Jacobs. Mm. And we talked about this a little bit on Saturday, but I want to get both of your opinions on this. There was a report that came out Saturday morning from Pro Football Talk that said there's five things that the Raiders can do with Josh Jacobs. Josh can come back and just play on the franchise tag, which it seems like he absolutely does not want to do mm -hmm. and doesn't seem like he's going to do as of now. He can sign a reworked one-year deal. Can't be a long-term deal because that deadline has passed, but they could rework a one-year deal to give him a boost, bring him back now. They can trade him to a team, um, or they can just flat-out cut him take to put re, uh, rescind the franchise tag and just let him be a free agent and according to this article that option is starting to pick up steam mm. blows my mind but you talk about how there's only one bill belichick and coaches that try to be bill belichick fail josh mcdaniels yes. perfect example of that 
would be wild to me to let go of the leading rusher in the NFL yeah. last year. But Josh, clearly, it's his way or the highway, and Josh Jacobs is not playing by those games right now. And then in this article, it said that if that option happens, where Josh Jacobs is a free agent, two teams to keep an eye out for Josh, the Chiefs and the Broncos. Yeah. Should the Broncos be interested if Josh Jacobs is available as a free agent? You know, I don't think we need him. Mm. I think we have two power backs in Samaji and uh, Javante. I think we're solid there. Um, if he's going to go to the Chiefs, then I think we should <laughs> yeah. get him just so he doesn't go there. But I think we're solid. Um, I think, you know, another back that's out there right now is Dalvin Cook. He might add more to the team as like a scat back or a back that can really play on third downs and do more mm. for the teams. But as far as a power back, downhill runner, I think we're solid with the room that we have right now. Mm. You've heard of if you can't beat him, join him, right? Yep. How about if you can't beat him, make him join you? <laughs> uh, yes. Josh Jacobs' career numbers against the Broncos, if he were to do that over the course of a career, he would probably be the best running back of all time. Oh, yeah. Easy <laughs> Hall of Famer. Because you know his numbers? He's played, so he's obviously been with the Raiders for four years. Um, so that means he's been eligible to play in eight games. He's played in seven games. He's 7-0. and against the Broncos. Mm. The game that he did not play in because he was inactive because I think he had an injury, the Raiders lost. Mm -hmm. That's the only time the Broncos have beat the Raiders in the past four years is wow. when Josh Jacobs was out. He has over 700 rushing yards in those games. Seven games yeah. Nine touchdowns, so over 100 rushing yards. And in the past three games, he's averaging something like 135 rushing yards a game against the Broncos. And he's obviously a really good football player outside of playing the Broncos because last year he led the league in rushing over mm -hmm. 1,600 yards, had over 2,000 all-purpose yards last year, had 12 touchdowns and almost five yards per carry. Todd, you played against Josh, didn't you? Yeah, I don't know if he did that to me, but, <laughs> <laughs> well, but I, he's a talented back. Yeah, those, uh, I mean, where he's really had success is the past two years. Uh -huh. You weren't there for those. So. I don't know if that's the reason, but I'm going to say that that may be the reason. <laughs> he, I mean, he's a beast. Um, you can pull out the numbers of him at mile high, and so then, you know, you get that eight times a year. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm kind of, the hard thing is I'm with Todd a little bit in the sense of, where does he fit? Mm -hmm. You know, what are you doing with the other backs? What what's Javante's role? Now you paid Samaj P. Ryan all that money, which isn't that much money, but it's a good chunk of money to be your third string back. Yeah. So it would be an odd fit in the room. That being said, he's a really good football player. Over the last few years, the Broncos have lacked really good football players. Mm -hmm. It would be hard for me to not want to add him, especially if he wants to come here. To me, this this could just be coming out from Josh Jacobs camp. Like, oh, Raiders, you're not going to pay him? Well, watch him go, go to, to the, the Broncos, Broncos or the Chiefs. Watch him go to an AFC West team. We know how this game can be done. So that's where I think this is coming from. Um, but if it actually does boil down to this and the Broncos truly are interested, it makes me concerned just exactly where Javante Williams is. And I haven't had any concern about Javante the past two weeks, actually seeing him on the field, uh -huh. see him take those first team reps day in and day out, only get one day off in the first 11 days of camp. I mean, he has impressed me more than I could have ever imagined at this point in camp. But why are you bringing Josh Jacobson if mm -hmm. they do that? When you have Javante Williams, when you have Samaj P. Ryan, I mean, Javante can be uh, a, an easy number one back in the NFL. Samaj can be one of the best number two backs in the NFL. So it'd really just make me question Javante's health and maybe durability is what the team would be concerned of. So another thing about this, 
is you wouldn't have to pay him as much. Because in this article, it also says if he goes somewhere else, he knows that in the middle of August, he's not going to get over $10 million. Mm -hmm. So he knows he'd be taking a pay cut. Um, And really, regardless if he signs with the Broncos or not, if he leaves the Raiders, just what a middle finger to the organization that Josh Jacobs would be doing saying, no, and I I don't want to play for you so much so that I'm willing to take less money playing for someone else. Yeah, I think he should stay there. Um, Oh, I think he should stay there as far as a business decision for himself. Because when guys leave, it doesn't always work out. No. Um, just like, what was his name, the running back that we got from the Chargers? Oh, Jamal Charles? No, from the Chargers. Oh, from the Chargers. Oh, oh, Melvin, oh Melvin Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, Melvin Gordon. <laughs> it was a similar situation. He was supposed to get paid and yep. didn't like the paycheck. Yep. Ended up leaving, and then his career kind of went downhill from there. Yep. Austin Eckler ended up stepping up and having a great career and really getting paid. Um, so I don't always believe that it's greener on the other side. You know what I'm saying? Um, running backs have a real history of that. Yeah, so just Le'Veon because, Bell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of guys who, like, leave whatever, for whatever reason, leave home and it doesn't work out. Clinton um, Portis wasn't ever, he was still good. Uh-huh. He wasn't as good as he was with the Broncos. And we're going to see that big time this year because how many running backs are frustrated with their role right now and are probably on the last year of their deal and then going to go somewhere else? Is it going to be worth paying a Tony Pollard $15 million on the open market after this year? Uh, same with Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Um, same with potentially Dalvin Cook. So it, it is it is crazy. I mean, it's because you have guys like Todd Davis hitting them 300 times in a season. You know, they can't handle the, the impact. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> what did uh, Marshawn Lynch say? You know, they don't like it when you hit them in the face. You know what I'm saying? Somebody's going to want to stop after a while. <laughs> it was something like that. Something like that. Something like that. I'm so happy that Todd had to be reminded who Melvin Gordon was. <laughs> <laughs> That's my guy, too. Shout out to Melvin. I love it. You know, you know, us former players, CTE is a real thing, man. You know, I don't have any, but some, sometimes I forget a couple of things. I forget enough. a lot of things. And I played high school football so yeah it may not just <laughs> oh, yeah, do I don't think you get to blame the football um, we're gonna we're gonna catch you up on melvin uh after the show too <laughs> um a th- final thing on this i think if you do sign dalvin or if you do sign josh jacobs that you trade samaje because mm-hmm. samaje he came to the broncos one he got a pretty good payday three and a half million dollars for um for the next two years is pretty darn good up to seven million dollars in those two years um, but we talked to him last week, and boy, he is a man of few words. Mm-hmm. But he made one thing clear. Why I came to the Broncos is I can get a bigger role mm. than, than I was going to get in Cincinnati. And I think with what's going on with Joe Mixon, he would have still got a lot of touches in Cincinnati. But he thinks he can get even more touches here. They signed someone else, and he's a third-string guy. Mm-hmm. Man, I think he's just going to say, get me out of here. Yeah. You, you, you totally screwed me over. Trade me for a sixth or a seventh-round pick or something. So... You're also taking a roll of the dice there. No. Um, should we get into some comments? Let's do it. Let's talk to the people after we talk to the people about our friends over at oh. at oh. Pins and Aces. <laughs> oh, man. Pins and Aces is the best training camp gear because it's super light, super breathable, and also stylish. And as you guys see, I mean... Todd's rocking this awesome shirt right now. Out of training camps, a little bit of a fashion show. <laughs> uh, and so if you don't have any Broncos gear, you wear some pins and aces. And then, of course, if it's good for training camp and, like, 90-degree heat sitting on grass, it's good when you're walking the golf course in 90-degree heat walking. So make sure to check out pins and aces. Use that code DNVR to get 15% off. We love pins and aces. We know you're going to love it, too. I say this in a good way. That's a loud shirt. 
Pins and Aces is experts in loud shirts. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is very true. I once had uh, these green Nikes that I got. They were they were super super lime green. I had them in high school, and one of my teachers. It was like my first day wearing them. One of my teachers goes. Those are really loud shoes, Zach. And I go, thanks. And she said, it wasn't a compliment. Oh, wow. I was, like, wow. I was saying this as a compliment. Either. I she love that either. shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little bit of a pain, so I understand. Mm, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, how about, Ryan, why don't you tell us about our friends Uh-oh. over I at... Man, we're just going to have to get Todd hooked up with this because Ryan's yeah. no good. <laughs> um, I thought we just had one. A Die Hard. Tell us about DNVR. Oh, well, that doesn't count. Yeah. Um, you should become a DNVR diehard, though. We have, a, have you seen the packages that we send out now when someone becomes a diehard? Yeah, they're awesome. It is sick. You get this, like, cool box um, with, like, a nice logo on it. You open it up. That's your free shirt that you get for becoming a member. You get a little member card. It's black and gold, obviously. I love that. Oh. Um, you love that. You created that. No, I didn't. It wasn't my idea. I don't make design decisions around here. Oh my gosh! But if something's black and gold around here, he made that decision. Best combination of colors. <laughs> uh, anyways, they're they're pretty sweet. Obviously, you get access to all of our behind the scenes written content. Um, you support us in a great way, and you get discounts on merch. You get discounts on tailgates, which of course tailgate season just around the corner. So make sure you become a DNVR diehard. And look Can at we that. add like a? We should do like a Ty Davis signature photo or something in there too. Oh. Oh, let's go. Hey, look at this. This is great. I just finished off the package nice. Yes. I love it. Do you think a Zach Stevens signature would do as much? Yeah, we would put them on there. Hey, we have had people ask for our autographs. Way less than Todd. It has happened. Yep. I know it's your Shady Rays are black and gold, too. They are. Huh, coincidence. The best combination of colors. I guess it's a coincidence. All right, let's talk to the people. First one coming in from Peter on the Super Chat side. It says, Todd with a fire shirt amen yeah Thank we you, man. No, that's just a straight up compliment <laughs> next one from simon says uh, oh. super important question for todd you want to pose this one for him ryan what's the best body of water lake ocean or river conversation um, we have on this show you know i'm from i'm from california so i go. think we we're ocean Let's you know ocean go. maybe go to the beach get your feet in that sand i don't think there's anything better get out there maybe wakeboard a little bit uh, the ocean is it, man. But I'm not right too there far out you. though. Like I'm not going out by sharks. Like you can catch me <laughs> like maybe 15 feet from the shores shoreline. But uh, I have a great time in the ocean. That's the thing me about too, lakes though. Guy. Don't have to worry about anything eating you. In most lakes, um, you know, you get that calm water. So like, what I love about lakes is how quiet it is. You're just like out on a lake, it's just silent. You just chill out there. Maybe you want you can provide the sound with some music, but. Uh, Oceans, they're so much, so hectic. So we have this conversation a lot, and I couldn't disagree with you more. That's the reason why oceans are the best, is the the commotion, the of noise, the, the waves. The commotion of the ocean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I see, if I go to an ocean and there's small waves, I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. This is so lame. It's uh-huh. not about the size of the waves. <laughs> oh. It's about what you do with it. Oh. <laughs> but there's... <laughs> Two in one day. Is there a limit? Yeah. Is there like a you know? This is we're looking uh, like a Nathaniel Hackett team out wow. here with all these flags. Or the twenty twenty three Broncos as of right now. Mm. Oh yeah, the pre snap penalties are bad. Nice. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. What this is the challenge flag used for? In case you say something oh, like I can yeah. challenge. No, no, yeah. Here is the one that challenges. Oh, you're the challenger. Yeah. 
Who appointed you the head coach? Yeah, okay. he did it himself. Yeah. <laughs> but you're here. Where is the where's the sound to it? You said you had sound. Wow. There it is. Nice. <laughs> that's great. I hope that's really loud for all the listeners. Yeah. Super loud um, whistle. Okay, let's hop into the comments on the website. The count says. As a two-time degree earner and current employee of the University of Montana, it pains me to tout the career of a Hornet, but I fear that most Broncos fans may not know the collegiate accolades of our new DNVR family member and my <laughs> role as a Big Sky Conference enthusiast and DNVR historian leads me to espouse the virtues of our new co-host. Todd, I like this guy. Oh, he's the best. <laughs> the count's the best. Todd finished his collegiate career ranked second in school history with 351 tackles, 157 solo, in addition to totaling how many sacks, Todd? I have no clue. Nine <laughs> and a half sacks. That's huge for an inside guy. Four forced fumbles and how many fumble recoveries? I have no clue. One <laughs> fumble. You don't remember your one fumble recovery. Three interceptions, six passes defended, and one blocked kick. You remember that kick? I do remember oh, that kick. Oh, I bet. Uh, he says he also was named a first-team Big Sky All-Conference selection and second-team All-American choice by the Sports Network following his senior year. He was a baller in college as well as for our beloved Orange and Blue. And ladies and gentlemen, we got him. We got him. We got um, him. Love the count. He also provided me with one of my least favorite days of my college experience. Mm. Uh, because oh. Sacramento State walked into Folsom Field. And what, what happened? And beat my Buffalo. <laughs> yes, we did. And that was when we knew the John Embriero was not going to be a successful one. Oh. We were so excited after that uh, <laughs> Buffalo came out charging down the field. We we're like, oh, it's going to be a great day of football. <laughs> then it was like a last second field goal to win the game. Yep. Yeah, oh. that was a good one. Oh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> was, that, was that the biggest school you beat in terms of? Um... We beat so when I was there, we beat CU and then we beat Oregon State. Oregon uh, State back was to back probably years. bigger than. Yeah, so you like the black and gold, I like the green and gold. So <laughs> all right, I well, think that'll be gotta make, as long as over. you're talking about the right green and gold, I'm yes. okay with it. Mm, yeah, he hates not CSU. the green and gold that Zach likes. But yeah, I remember that game. I just remember coming away from that game being like. How does Sacramento State have a better quarterback than us? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, what's going on here? Because that dude was balling in that game. Yeah, he did was you, balling. Did you say the same thing about inside linebacker? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Nine and a half sacks from an inside guy. Were mm -hmm. you playing some edge, too? Yeah, so I came there as, like, an outside linebacker okay. uh, my first year. Uh, so maybe maybe had two, or two sacks that year as a uh, freshman. So that might have added to, like, that padding a little bit but i really wanted to play if i could have done everything all over if i was any bigger i probably would have played d-line mm. yeah because my i think like my sophomore year in high school i was like an all-state d-tackle but i was the same size and i never got any bigger never got any taller um but that's why i think i love the guys up front so much because yep. if i could i would play i would have played inside well, it's probably good you were inside because i don't think you would have been a d tackle in the nfl heck no not even <laughs> close those guys are crazy how much would you have to eat to weigh 300 pounds yeah you i mean like they're eating non-stop and it's like 10 10 egg omelet type meals like these guys are killing that's why you see so many big guys get skinny because yeah. they're like i really was never that hungry i just yeah. had to eat to stay big like yeah. orlando franklin yeah. Like, yeah that's crazy even like tyler columbus i always say there's two types of linemen guys who had to 
fight to keep weight on and uh -huh. guys who had to fight to keep weight off. Yep. Yep. And you know exactly which one is which as soon as they retire. Yep. Exactly. It's so true. All right. Although you honestly, it happens with a lot of football players. You look like the same. So did you just yeah. stick with like your normal diet? Yeah, and I started working out more. I'm trying to cut a little bit right now, trying to get in good shape, maybe do like a competition or something. Ooh. We'll see how it goes. Like, well, can, what sort of competition? Like body, but if I can get lean oh. enough, I would like to like, you know, try that out, see how it goes, because um, I was always a fan of it. My my dad was. My dad was like 6'1", maybe 235 when I was in high school, and he was like all muscle. Like wow. He was like bench pressing 500 pounds when I was in high school, so... Um, just that, like that world has always like seemed fun to me. So we'll see how it goes. You, do you guys want to do it with me? Sure. All right. I, I definitely need the that sort of working out in my life. Um, I, you just reminded me of a fun fact. Todd and I share a barber. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And he does those sort of competitions. He does. Yeah. So, so uh, Jay, he he is the one that's getting me on, trying to sign me up. Um, he actually has a competition up this Saturday, but. Uh, the best barber in Denver, hands oh, down. Big facts. Um, can't be beat. Um, but yeah, he's actually the one that's like getting me to sign up now. So what do you bench? Oh no, I don't bench like that anymore. It's <laughs> it's different lifts. It's different. Like I go in there um, and do like all, you know, the nice looking lifts and go yep. in there to look good. Yep. I'm not in there trying to squat 700 pounds <laughs> or clean like I used to. No, my back couldn't take it anymore. No, yep. you're not trying to be uh, uh, Jalen Hurts. No. Breaking Alabama records as a quarterback. Yeah, that's crazy. crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, when we uh, were in the recruitment process with Todd, I told my barber, I was like, can you put in a good word for us? He's like, uh -huh. I got you. I got you. <laughs> that's like, it feel like, that feels like mobsters when you're laying back in the chair and you're just having conversations about yeah. business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the best. All right, next comment coming in from Nick Scott says, remember when Zach said that the Broncos versus Jets didn't have enough national juice to be the week one primetime matchup? Ha! How the tables have turned, Zach. It's a crazy world we live in, my friend. I stand by my comments. At the time, it didn't have national juice. Thanks to Sean Payton going <laughs> unbelievably viral and saying things I've never heard a head coach say, it definitely has national juice now. And it has a chance to be a primetime game because it's the very first week. Week five is the first week that games can be flexed into primetime. The issue is... The game of the week right now, that primetime game, is Cowboys and 49ers, two playoff mm. teams last year. But not just that. I think it's more so just like the Dallas market. Exactly. It's probably going to be tough. And and I hate saying this. This is just a national perspective. They're probably not going to pull Dallas off primetime. Unless yeah. those two teams are cooking. Yeah, yeah. exactly. If they're um, rolling. Sean Payton is petty enough. To have heard that podcast when you said that, be like, I'll show you national, yeah. national interest. <laughs> yeah. And he certainly did. And you know what? I love it. I cannot wait for that game. As, as fun as, as, as excited as I am for week one, Broncos, Raiders, Broncos, Jets this year is the game I'm most looking forward to. And I feel like there's no real, uh, I think anything that happens in that game is going to be crazy. Like, let's just say that. Um, Nathaniel Hackett's puts together this amazing game plan. They come out and put up 35 points. Whether they win or lose, like that's going to be a big story. Yep. Or if we just come out and stomp all over them and they score <sighs> no points, yep. I think that's going to be a crazy story too. Yep. Yep. It's going to be a good game. It's like uh, it's going to need to be like the Von Miller, we're going to kick their ass game. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Oh, what if Sean comes out and says it? Uh, it would be incredible. Oh, that would be amazing. Todd had a pick six in that game. Sure did. Yes, I remember <laughs> that. And Chris Harris Jr. was running into the end zone with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We had a party in the end zone. And Emmanuel 
threw a touchdown pass to yeah. Cortland. Probably. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, that was a fun game, man. I was, was at that one. Man, it was. We hit the high five at the end zone, me and Chris. Yes, oh, yeah. Yeah, because we both had pick sixes photo. that game. Do you have a picture of that somewhere? <laughs> somewhere I, in my phone, I bet I do. I think that I that was hanging in the facility at one point. Oh, I'm sure. That's yeah. an epic picture. Yeah, it's That's great. It. All right, last comment coming in from our battle. Luke says, I can't believe we have football this week. I don't care if it's our starters against the Cardinals backup of the roster. In fact, I hope it's the case. It's doubtful that going up against PS2 Simmons and the rest Every day is good for morale on offense. Cheers. We're almost there. Arvada, Luke. Friday night, 8 p.m. Come down to the DNVR bar. Where we're going to be hanging out. Why? So why do they got to do this with the late preseason games? I mm. don't understand it. <laughs> What's that? Oh, hey, hey, okay. yeah, yeah. I like that. That is awesome. That's awesome. Man, I like what that a photo. Right what a photo. Send that to me. I don't know if I have it. I got I to gotta get that. Man, that is great. Well, was Chris was out there this week, right? Yeah, this he weekend? was there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. But I'm just happy for uh, – I, I like the point there about, you know, getting some um, – a little break from playing the Broncos defense in yeah. practice. Like, even if the Cardinals had their starters out there, it would be a nice little step down mm -hmm. uh, from the defense the Broncos are having to face every day. It's either going to be just a great momentum builder for the offense – don't or it's do it. going, it's going to be scary if, like, the Cardinals play their backups and Russ can't get stuff going. So, like I said, pressure on Sean Payton. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, it really is. Pressure on both of those guys, and it's here. It's football week, baby. Broncos have training camp practice tomorrow and Wednesday. Those are open to fans. So we're going to get Todd's first breakdown of what happens at practice when we can finally talk about it. I'm so pumped. Let's go. Can't wait for it. Let's go, literally. See ya. Yeah, let's Bye. go. Peace out. <laughs> We're done. Roll out the truck and took a country drive. Now understand that you need some time. I know some landmarks we used to hit. We're flying cotton. 